recording in progress another episode of friday night counter-attack is underway and we're pre-recording this episode because on this week that's getting posted out i'm away so i thought let me just get someone who i've been kind of following and learning from socially on social media i would say and virtually i would say um about the world of football agencies and uh management of sorts as well so i thought it'd be a good time to get um ryan coombs on was it coombs your surname ryan coombs yeah 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 brilliant nicely done so ryan thank you very much for coming on to the show thanks for taking the time to speak to us and how's your summer been how you been recently you've been okay yeah um it's good that we're going back to normal thank thankfully um i just busy busy with ism um finish uni so i've got a bit more spare time but it's just like my time now is just ism about yourself yeah, it's all good. It's like you said, getting back to normal, like we had a family gathering last week, so it was quite nice to see the family out in the open, play a bit of badminton in the sunshine when everyone's complaining about the heat, so it was quite nice to do that. Uh, plan on going to the cinema tomorrow, so it'll be quite nice. And the uh, Premier League season is up and running in a couple of weeks as well, so it'll be quite nice to uh, get back to watching football again. So what we'll do is we'll just start with basically yourself, um, your business that you started recently as well, and just a bit more about your background as well. So for those of us who don't know what ISM is, are you okay to just explain what ISM is to the people? Yeah, that's fine. So ISM um, stands for Intersports Management. Um, obviously, it's a bit of a mouthful saying that all the time. So yeah, Don't, we, worry. Uh, don't worry, I have Friday Night Counterattack to say all the time as well. So even though FNC. I should say... F FNCA. Yeah, sometimes, like, the other guys will say FNCA, but I'm like, no, I'll type in Friday Night Counters at every platform or YouTube search, whatever it is, but FNCA just works so well. But so many other people have FNCA as their tags, I'm just there like, oh, my God, so it has to be Friday Night Counters. But no, sorry, carry on with ISM. Uh, um, yeah, so we're a sport management company. Um, you know, we represent clients up and down the UK. Um, I don't know if you've seen, we've got our, like sister organization now in the USA that's up and running now. Um, we, you know, we we pride ourselves on three pillars really, which is innovation, service, mentorship, which is obviously a play on the ISM as well. Yeah. Um, you know, our, we really want to be, you know, because we are new. We want to be different. We always want to, you know, do better, improve, and find ways that not just market ourselves, but market, you know, the clients we work with as well. Um, and, you know, we have a variety of services, you know, we provide through, you know, our talent ID events. Um, you know, we work with strength conditioning partners, uh, mental health partners, um, scouting partners, live stream partners, you know, the full shebang, really. Um, but yeah, that's a little, little overview on us, really, on what we do. Um, I think you'll probably find a lot of agencies are similar, but I think we we are different in the way we approach it and we are a young team as well. Uh, I think that's one thing you'll find is, you know, we're, we're young. Um, we're, ex we're experienced, so we're young. Um, so I think, you know, that's why we've got that drive to keep pushing our clients to that next level, really. Yeah, that's brilliant to hear. And thanks for the introduction for that, Ryan. It was, it was really good to hear kind of your overview, not so much a summary, but an overview of the company that you've got at the moment and something that you've started yourself um, from what I remember correctly, so nicely done there. It's just the fact that we've had like experienced football agents, I would say, on our previous podcast or so, and so they've kind of had it 
a lot easier than you have because you just mentioned before the recording that you've just finished university as well so you've kind of got university pressure you've got social pressure and you've got this new work pressure as well and you may have been working elsewhere or doing anything else elsewhere as well so i know the fact i know for a fact that because i'm a, a football scout as well a professional football scout so the fact that would be going to talent id events you've got all these young hungry people trying to make a name for themselves and you're just there like like i've never been to one to be fair so i'm i'm the kind of guy that kind of just worked through that uh through those like volunteer days for other people and i just got into a football club fortune so i was quite i'm quite proud of that to, to be fair but with these talent ids days you've got a lot of agents that are like trying to become scouts at the same time as well and you've got scouts that are trying to become agents as well so they've got another weapon to their arsenal as well so it's kind of nice to see that you've got that so early so young from your point of view as well it's not something that you have to wait until you've kind of um, embedded yourself in the agency business instead of just getting straight into the deep end of the scouting business as well. So it's quite nice to hear that um, from your point of view as well. So how is it working with your team at the moment? Because you did say that you've got a young team going forward, but you've mentioned a few things that make you different from other agencies as well. But have you kind of found it being a student at the same time, having your other um, other things that you've got to do outside of this work as well? How have you kind of found that personally? Um. I think it's like anything, anything to challenge, um, anything you want to do is especially in the, you know, as you know, the sport industry yeah. on the agency side, it, it, it's hard. Like, I'm not going to lie. Um, it's such a challenge. And some days you do wake up and think, Oh Jesus, this is, this is for me. This, this is, you know, on Saturday, for example, we had a few lads on trials for like uh, league two and national league clubs and, we just got rejected left, right, and centre. You just, I just sat there because I was out with my friends. I thought, oh my word, what, what is this? <laughs> like, why am I doing this? Well, um, it's like anything. If you know, I, I want it to succeed. You know, my boss Liam, who lives in Orlando, who's running the USA side. Um, you know, and me, him, and Matty, who um, he helps me run the UK side as well. Um, we wouldn't do it if you know if it was easy. It's, it's hard. We know that. We think we've got something different. So it's it's always going to be a challenge. And like you say, I, at the beginning of COVID, weirdly, I started my master's then and I yep. was working. I did like a internship unpaid for about nine months with Liam just okay. to get like the foundation set up. Um, and then at the same time, I was working at Sainsbury's side so a lot on during COVID. But suppose the one positive I took from COVID was I've got this spare time. I may as well. Um, use it because I'm not going anywhere else. I'm stuck in the house, and you're allowed. You're allowed out for a walk an hour a day. It's like if that, yeah, if that. If you want to use that four hour a day. Now I got the feeling as well because that's kind of when I honed my skills of becoming a football scout as well from the COVID thing. It was more just like um, video analytics that we were doing. So just like watching video replays of these games and learning about how to analyze players and stuff like that. And it's great. And I got to do a couple of other qualifications. So it's just the fact that. You've kind of used your time wisely during the pandemic as well. It's just with the current situation that we've, come, we've kind of come out of lockdown, it doesn't look like there's going to be any more lockdowns because people have had their vaccines. Um, fingers crossed. There's some <laughs> there's some wood here, so I'm just going to touch some wood to make sure that we're all <laughs> safe going forward. But how do you kind of see it going um, over the next couple of weeks compared to last year? Because last year, summer, it was difficult for everyone mentally, socially, emotionally as well for quite a lot of people but how would you kind of see it going for the rest of the summer and kind of the rest of the year going ahead with yourself Ryan? Um, or myself or ISM? Or uh, we'll go for both. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. 
So uh, probably to be honest, my life at the minute is weird as it sounds. Is a lot of ISM work. Mm. Um, really, I think the main thing is because let's say we are new, we want to get these lads playing. Um, that's the first step. Like we want them all in clubs. You know, our main three things is when we do like client presentations to bring them in is you know they're fit, healthy, and happy. Um, I think that applies to the entire company as well. I don't. Yeah, you know, myself, I want to be fit, healthy, and happy. I think I want all my staff to be the same. Um, so yeah, really, I think as as lofty got as lofty as it is, I think I want everyone to be, you know, my staff and you know our clients. I want them in clubs, enjoying playing football again because a lot of them last year just had the league cancelled for you know twelve months. Yeah, uh, and I think that's the main thing. That's our main goal going into you know towards October is when our like event season starts again. Um, so we've got like our first winter event. I think by then we want to make sure everyone's in a club playing regular football and just enjoying it. And then we can then start to push him up the leagues and get interest from higher up. Um, so I think we've got, a, you know, we've got a good talent pool to say it's like our first seven, seven or eight clients. Um, and that's, that's kind of the thing as well, because uh, over the last couple of years, since the agent, since the rule change for the Football Association for becoming an agent as well, the mac the what's the term the market just saturated ridiculously as well you had so many people wanted to become an agent uh wanted to do these things you had people doing agency courses left right and center not just the fa but elsewhere going forward and they would do it because they would know someone in the industry who was getting into football and they wanted to become their agent or they wanted to be someone that they could go into football agency with a prospect of for, for example like someone like josh major coming through the academy his family members became their agents because they could easily do the agency courses and they could get into it. But with yourself, you're on the flip side where you have to kind of find them um, yourself and you have to get, trying to get your staff to find other talent, talented players coming through as well. So it's just the fact that, have you found that very difficult over the last couple of months because of the fact that the seasons have all restarted, people have been playing properly as well and the transfer market is up and running for a lot of people around Europe and around the world as well because that must be yeah, something so. quite difficult because you've got loads of other agents trying to vie for these new talents coming through and these undiscovered or these unattached um, players coming through. Have you Is that something that you find as a, as a difficult thing or does that not really happen in the agency world? It, it, honestly, it's, it's, it's very difficult. Like you say, it's so cutthroat. You know, there's that saying, is, is the enemy of my enemy is my friend or something. You've got to apply that in this industry. It's so, you know, one minute an agent will be your best friend, the next minute he'll stab you in the back and he'll mm. take a player and go, like, that's, you know, you've got to be thick-skinned and you've got to be mentally yeah. strong. <laughs> I learned that from LinkedIn. I'm like, I'm not even going to become an agent, but I know that these people on LinkedIn, they're just cutthroat and you're just like, nah, this is, this, is, this is too poor for me. Some agents we've had on which have been really nice, but most of the agents that we've asked um, previously for like information or just education really, have been like, yeah, 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 we'll help you, but they won't help. So it's like, we're fine. We don't, we don't need your help at our football club, but it's fine. The ones that make me laugh are the ones on LinkedIn where mm. they, not some of them are advertised trials, fair enough, they are legit, but some are suspect. But it's when they start asking for requirements, like I think I saw has to be, I think it's, it's like, or it had to be Asian or, origin, had to be six foot four striker. I was like, what? <laughs> like, I've, what I've is that? that? I've what had is that? that? I've had that. It's like, oh, he must be, he must be, um, he must be East Asian. He must be 164 centimeters or more. 
and we're looking at someone who can do this, 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 and this. And I'm like, that doesn't exist unless you're actually watching a specific player like five times in, the, in a month or so, but it doesn't happen at all. But that's the thing really. It's just the fact that because you get so many agents nowadays that you want to try and step away from that um, that cliche of being like a, not, not a douchebag agent, but kind of like a, like a, a genuine human being as well. And that's kind of what I've learned over the last 12 months of who's to trust and who not to trust in terms of the agency world. And it's quite nice. And kind of speaking to you today, you seem to give off that vibe as well, which is quite nice. I mean, you're not going to like stab me in the back because I'm not looking for a football contract. So it's perfectly fine. But how do you kind of, how do you kind of uh, make yourself different in that respect when you're kind of dealing with your players or kind of dealing with um, difficulties um, within the business? I just, I just think it's the people we've got in and it, you know, me, Liam and Matty have got to set that example of we are, like you said, we are human beings. Um, you know, weirdly, we speak to you know our agents who say we treat them as our, like if they were our kids or brothers because mm. at the end of the day, we're, we're there to do a job for them. It's like, yes, obviously we get paid for it and stuff. Like, that's just how it works. But, you know, we, we have to manage these lads um and make sure we're doing right by them. If we're not doing right by them, then we may as well just give up now because, you know, there's decisions we're going to have to make where we maybe have to, um, you know, take lads from clubs and things like that. But like I say, the main thing is they're fit, healthy, happy. Um, we It's just the way it is. Like, I think good agents will always put their clients first. You, you know, you don't bow down to clubs. You know, there's, I'm not going to name them, but there is clubs we try to deal with where they are so hard to deal with. Yeah, uh, I do think that may come down because we're new and we're our young team, and I think people see that and think, "Oh, who are these guys? There we go again." But it's just how we try. We try presenting our we're just normal people, you know. People who work for us like Liam himself. He he went through the whole academy system. I think he snapped his knee um, mm. when he was on a scholarship in America, mm. and then he had to go into this side. You know, the guy I run it with, Matt, he's the same. He went on a scholarship. He was at uh, Borough, and sadly it didn't work out. And then me and him sort of met through uni. Um, we, we, you know, we, we're human beings, and we try apply that to him. Like we say, we're not, we're not going to to some agents take money off the clients. We say we don't do that. Like whatever you want, we'll, you know, we'll push, we'll guide and mentor you. But you know, it's like a 50-50 relationship. We, we do our job, you do your job. It works fine. And it's something that you have that duty of care to your clients as well, which is something that is the main, for me as an outsider, it's, it's the main way of working as a football agent as well, because you're there to help them go through the right way of their career. And you'll see uh, agents like, for example, Raiola, who will be looking at the best deal for Paul Pogba, maybe not the best move for Paul Pogba, but the best deal for him, which will set him up and his family. And you'll have agents that will take their players over to China because it will feed the next two, three generations of their family because of how much money they'll be earning. It's ridiculous. But it's just the fact that with um, football team, football um, clubs that you just mentioned being difficult to deal with, we get that as well. Like from from our podcast, like we've been emailing and calling like m like most of the 92 teams in the, in the football league for like asking for like interviews or asking for players' information for podcasts. And like, literally the two of the Premier League ones that came back were West Ham and Burnley. No one else came back to us. And this was during the pandemic. So it's just during the fact that they couldn't actually uh, go out and play, but they were still like, oh no, we can't. Um, they couldn't be bothered to respond back. So I kind of get it with uh, football clubs being very busy, but probably not taking us kind of seriously being being like the new guys on the block and stuff like that. So it's, it's a bit of an odd one, really. 
I just want to hear more about your football story as well, because you mentioned your two friends who unfortunately didn't make it into the football industry. What was your kind of football history like? Like, who do you support? Uh, were you much of a player growing up? What was that like for you, Ryan? Um, I'll be. I obviously I was like any normal lad, probably watched football and played it. I always wanted to play for my team. Sadly, uh, for my sins, I'm a Man United fan. Um, oh, that's fine. So am I. I'm all good. You sound like you're oh, from York. Perfect. Are you from Yorkshire? Yeah. Though? Yeah, I'm from York. So, uh, weirdly, I had a tussle between. That's, that, that's almost as bad because you're from the, the other rose. You're from the white rose as opposed to the red rose. Yeah, I, mean, I know. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> no. that's, still, that's so um, funny to me, though. It's, yeah, when so when I grew up, I had my dad's side, like who were Everton fans, and I had my mum's side who were Man United fans. Mm. So, I was in the middle. It's like, well, where do I go? Um, I still got my Everton baby kit in my house. Actually, it's weird. Like I see that in my wardrobe. I'm like, Jesus. Does it have Rooney eighteen on the back or something like that? Might do it. And then I've got Rooney obviously on my Man United kit. So it's like <laughs> needs to be done. Needs to be done. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, um, I grew. I never really played at a high level. I you know I played um, grassroots. Played for my local team in school. I was quite. You know, I was quite a good goalkeeper. Um, I had a trial at York City when I was younger, and sadly, you won't, I've never never been injured in my life. Like I played rugby a little bit before football, mm. played football, never been injured. I've been kicked in the teeth and all sorts. I was fine. Came to the trial, warmed up. I was a bit nervous. Like right, I'll get into it. Settled into it. I think I did two dives on my left knee, and it was just like the ligament um, just like swelled up or I strained it. I just couldn't oh, dive. God. I was like, oh no, so. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I had to then sort of think, right, what do I do here? And then at the time, I was going to sixth form anyway, and I just took up the academic route. So I studied, um, obviously, at local sixth form here. I got into Northumbria Uni but from 2015 to 18. I got my um, bachelor's degree in sports management. I, think I got two on in that. Brilliant. And then Brilliant. I probably I took a bit of a step back because back then at uni, as you do, I put quite a bit of weight on. So I was like, right, I need to get the weight off. So I just worked at Sainsbury's. Um, and then, you know, I never really had the interest in the sport, like in the agency industry until recently. Like I was applying for jobs in sport. And I think one thing I found was obviously when you finish you and you think, oh, I, I'm a top dog now. I've got a 2 1. I'll get whatever job I want. And sport industry is not like that. Like I had the degree, but because I didn't have much experience and stuff. Um, I sadly got no real job in it and I just stayed at Sainsbury's for about five, six years. Mm. Um, and then, like I said, pandemic hit and I sort of said, right, it's probably a good time to reset and think, right, where, what do I want to do? Because I hit, I, like, it was an easy job, but I don't want to be a shell stacker at Sainsbury's all my life. It was just boring. And then that's, yeah, I went to UCFB. I did like an online degree there, just finished that and got my distinction in, in international sports management. Good man. Um, good man. And then, at the time, I said I'd got, I contacted Liam because he was on one of them, I think he's at Sport Management Worldwide agent course. He's done that. I just said, is it worth doing? Um, and he, he was honest and probably said, probably not for the money. But he said, I am looking to set up an agency in the US and UK. Um, maybe could do an unpaid internship for a while and see how it goes. Did that. And then that's how I got into it. And then I think last year I was like the office manager and then I became the director of UK operations this year. So it's been a it's been quite a rise really since the pandemic. No, it's like it's like that with me as well because 
Uh, first of all, thanks for going through your story in, in the way that you did. It's nice to kind of hear everything going forward. And we'll start from when you got injured at York um, for the trial, because on the weekend, you may have seen on our social media and people listening will probably already know the result. But on the Sunday that's coming up, we have our five-a-side, six-a-side tournament um, for our podcast. So five of us are on one team and uh, Vish, who's also on our podcast, is on the other team. So we're in the final of Hall of Fame Mania. So it's like a tournament in Birmingham. So it's going to be big. It's going to be massive. Uh, there won't be flame flow, um, uh, fire flames or anything like that, but it's going to be big. And I'm in goal, so I'm I'm kind of not not scared of getting injured after you told me that, but kind of apprehensive about diving now because even though it's on astroturf and still sticks aside, it's still going to be fine. I'm good in goal, but it's just I've been a bit kind of apprehensive because I'm, I'm better in, in defense or in midfield a bit more. So um, was that kind of daunting for you really at the time, or did you kind of not really think anything of it when you got injured, or you like, oh, we'll get a couple of other trials, or was that kind of something that you found? quite difficult at the time? Um, yeah, probably, because I think I, I was quite harsh on myself and I, I probably realised um, that was it. Like, I'd never had any trials before. I had, obviously, clubs looking and people put my name out there, um, but I never I never went on trial. I, that, that was the first ever trial I did. Yeah. I think where it sunk in when I got injured, it was like, right, be realistic with yourself. You're not going to be a footballer. Um, so I probably... I probably fell out of love with playing then. I just thought, I aren't going to do it. Like, I aren't, I aren't going to go training every week. So, I, I, I just probably gave up and thought, nah, this, this isn't for me now. Um, and I need another route. And then that's obviously when I found um, studying at A-level and then going to study at uni, really. Yeah, because that's kind of the thing. Like, you've done the whole university route and you've told, you've warned me about how you gain weight when you go to university. It's quite kind of worrying for me because... Um, you said you just went to, you've been to UCFB and you've done an online course as well. So I'm actually going to UCFB from September. So I'm going for three years to be uh, for football management course as well. So it's going to be fun for me to kind of go into it. It's going to be, it's going to be great. Uh, but I'll be going like full time. So it's going to be at the Etihad campus, which will be great. But I'm quite scared again of like how you gain weight from going to university. So I don't really want to be gaining any weight like that. Um, no, but it's just the thing, like, it's kind of like you mentioned, when when you put so much effort and so much hard work into getting into football and then something like that just snaps you out of it, it doesn't bring you down to reality. It takes you further down into, like, not not in your own mind, but you're kind of thinking, oh, yeah, we, but it's quite hard. But the, the best thing is you gave it all you had, which is great. And until the injury, you can you can proudly say you've done the best you, could, you possibly could in football, which is great. And you've given it a go and that's something that you could even even relate to your clients coming through as well you could kind of tell them that i've had these situations before when i felt down i felt upset but even if they're having a bad form or a bad game here and there it's just something that you can keep them going and keep them on on the right path as well but with yeah. the university thing i'm quite worried about gaining weight but no i'm joking i'm joking um <laughs> but no uh, just, working in saying just pizza and going out four times a week that was my issue I'll just I'll just stick to drinking water and like like just grilling chicken at home and having vegetarian food. Just try just trying alternatives to eating more than I should. Uh, chicken rice and veg. <laughs> easy, easy. I could I could do that. You see these reels all the time of people making loads of it in bulk. We we, we get distracted, but no, it's it's cool. Um, but no, it's just a, it's just a nice thing. Like you kept yourself grounded and it's worked well in your favour. And realistically, people of our generation, because it seems like we're from a similar age uh, generation as well. We didn't really grow up wanting to become a football agent. We'd rather grow up to be a footballer or a football coach or a football 
um, different different ways of getting into the football industry. So the fact that you've applied yourself so hard and you've got into it, it's, it's really big of it's a really big win in my opinion. The fact that you've done this and you've done this by yourself and you've done this um, after getting going through university, going through another course through UCFB and setting something up with your mate, it's quite nice to hear and it's quite refreshing to hear as well. So it's just the fact that how do you kind of see yourself kind of building things differently? So what have you learned from your past that you think you can actually bring to your future? Um, I think it's just, you can offer real guidance. Like I say, we've, you know, my I had, a, you know, not the highest level of football, but like a few of the other people I work with, you know, we've been through the same journey and experience and we can, you know, we, we relate that to clients and we say, look, just because you haven't done well today, there's always tomorrow. Um, you just got to keep pushing and you know keep going, and that's that's something we instill into all our clients. Is look, you didn't get in there, you didn't get in there, you didn't get in there. But you know we've got plan C, D, E, F, G. Like we we've got all that for you, and it's I mean it's just making sure they don't do the mistakes we did. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, like myself, I gave up. Like if I'm being brutally honest with myself, I I just packed it in. I, I could maybe have gone again and. You know, that was the feedback I got at the time was um, the guy, the York City keeper at the time who got me the trial said, look, go away for a year and we'll train you, um, you know, through the week and then we'll get you back next year. But I just thought I, I aren't doing it. <laughs> like, that's I think that's something we can bring. That's something I can bring to him and say, look, don't, just, if it, it's going to be a bad week. I said this weekend for us in particular was a bad weekend for like trials and stuff, but you know, we, we put our arm around them and said, look, we'll go again. We've got more options this week, next week, and the week after. Um, yeah, I think it's just that we, I think we can draw on that experience and making sure they either do what we did or don't do what we did. I think that's what we, you know, can really set us apart from others. And that must be make you feel really proud as well, because I'm not sure about the clients that you have, but have you got people in like the Football League or uh, like the Conference League or any of the leagues like below that you think, Oh yeah, I think they've got a, they've got it in them to get to like League One or League Two or the Championship or even the Premier League. Like, do you have that kind of uh, mindset with your players as well that they can get to the next step and they can get further as well? Yeah. So you know, when we we do like client presentations, like I touched upon where we you know we'll sit down as a team. So there might be me, Liam, Matty, Alfie, and a few others from the scouting team and things like that. We mix up who's on the meetings. You know, we we set out you know two year plans and. What we say to them is that we are realistic. Like, if you're at a step four team, we're not going to say, "All right, you're going to be in the Premier League next in the next two years," because it's not, it's, it's just not realistic. It, you know, it's, it's I think that's a sign of some bad agents where they, or agencies where they say, oh, "You're going to be there in two years," when they're maybe not to that standard yet. That's so more just all, greed talking, I'd imagine, as an agent. They want the dream as much as the player, but we're like, look, we'd, we'd love to have you in the Premier League, like you know. Who wouldn't want a client in the Premier League or, you know, who wouldn't want to be playing in it? But, you know, we so each client, we're realistic, right? We do like a full report and we say, right, this is the level they're at now, what we think, based on the footage and what we've watched them live. Um, this is where we see you in two years. And we just try and make sure we're ticking off our little goals we set. And then within the two years, we get them there. Um, well, like I said, you know, there's a few of the lads... Um, you know, a lad signed, for, I don't know if you've seen Ties at Hungerford. Um, he's playing there for this season. And there's, you know, a few of the other lads, Reese. he's a young lad who's at Farsley um, at the minute. I think we're trying to push him on higher because he's, he's only a young lad. Mm. Um, and, you know, a few of the others, they're at clubs at the minute. It's just trying to make sure, right, we'll get you. 
you know, you settled there, you're happy there, but let's try get you, you know, to the club we said within two years or the league we said. Yeah, it must be crazy because you've got a lot of people that are not really wanting you to succeed as well. To, to put it bluntly, because like you said, you've, there's loads of agents out there, there are loads of people who don't want intersport management to succeed because they're as hungry as you, some hungrier, some kind of just kind of want to get not you out better. of the picture. Yeah. <laughs> bit of, bit of, a lot of bitter people, I'd imagine, like they'd be like, oh, damn, you got a client that we thought we could have got or little things like that. But it's it's one of those things that you kind of got to deal with. And like you said, have a have a thicker skin and have, have a strong back on you because you really don't want to um, go about your business in a bad way of thinking, oh, yeah, you know what? My players, they may not be good, but we're not going to get rid of them or we're not going to try and just escape uh, or lo lose interest in them, basically, because um, that thing that happens in agencies as well. And it's crazy how much you kind of learn in the football industry. Like I'm, I've not got nothing to do with agencies, but it's just learning from doing this podcast and learning from talking to agents. It's, it's like that. So it must be a lot harder for you being in that industry. By the way, you mentioned video footage. You need to watch our video footage of our GoPro football that we play every Friday night. So you need to see if there's any any talent you can get there for like semi-professional or football ones. But um, sorry, Ryan, you was, I was going to ask you about how it must be kind of dealing against difficult agents and difficult clients and how you want to kind of be loyal to them as well. So how would you kind of find that um, in those kind of areas as well, like you said, in, in the lower kind of leagues? Um, fortunately, we, you know, we've had instances where with other agencies or, you know, if the club scouts or something where, you know, they may bad mouth us and stuff, but like you say, we're going to get that. I think, you know, we're, we're not, we're not to the level we want to be. We're on track. Um, and it is what it is. Like, if people want to badmouth what we do, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Mm -hmm. I, know they've got, they, I know the rest of the team won't lose sleep over it. Like, we're happy to keep doing what we're doing, you know. Everything's done in a professional manner. Everything's licensed. We offer stuff other people don't offer. So, you know, they can badmouth us or, you know, compete with us all they want. At some point, we'll, we'll take over them and just the way it is. And clients, fortunately, we've got a great set of lads in our client list um, on the UK side. Not really had any issues with them, you know. we just always honest and open and say, look, as long as we're getting you trials and, you know, making sure a little we check up on you every day or every few days, you know, each client has an assigned agent anyway. And, you know, each agent doesn't really, I think, based whatever their experience or, you know, level is, we... We say you have up to eight clients max. Otherwise, you know, we don't want clients then thinking, oh, I ain't spoke to my agent in four weeks because, again, it's it's not good. And that's when you start to get friction. So we're, we've sort of laid out a plan where it's like we don't want any client thinking, oh, they're not doing anything for me. They're not doing what I expected when I signed. So I think we've sort of got that addressed and hopefully um, never have to really encounter that. But like you said, mate, every... You know, there's going to be better people in the industry who will look at us and think, oh, uh, you know, I think one instance with the trial ID is people are like, oh, this isn't going to work, blah, blah, blah. But then, you know, you look at our stats from the summer events, you know, there was 99 player requests. I think about 30 lads went on trial. We had over 4,000 views on our stream. It's, we've done something right. And then we got seven new clients in on the UK side. So, would you? It is what it is. I'm. I'm not. I say I'm not going to lose sleep. I'm not going to bad mouth them or anything. It's just the nature of the beast. That's yeah. 
I would imagine that people uh, being bitter and complaining about you in front of you or behind your back would be more of a compliment in the agency business as well. It'd be something that they are kind of afraid of you, kind of like how Ben Stiller was afraid of Owen Wilson in Zoolander, a film I've only watched recently as well, so I've never seen that before besides last week, I think it was on Netflix. But it must be something like that, would you imagine? Like they've, they're just kind of afraid of the new guys on the block, basically, and they're kind of afraid of doing things differently because they're like, oh, yeah, we could have done that years ago, but we didn't think about it. Or we didn't have the initiative to try it. And like you just said, you've got so many things going for you. The talent ID, getting 4,000 views, getting people signed up for trials must be ridiculously, uh, you must be ridiculously proud of that. Surely you must be right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm proud. Um, mm. But we need to go higher next time. That's, Definitely. I think that's the mentality I've got. And a lot of our, well, I think all our team have is, right, this is the bar. Raise it. Like, we're not going to, this is obviously where the innovation comes in. What we do is we, we don't want to become stagnated and still. Um, though we're always looking at new ideas, like our graphic design team and social media team are thinking, right, what what can we do better next time? Like, you know, we've got this template for an announcement or we've done a client interview. How can we make that better for the next client interview? Or, you know, like footage we create as well for our lads or things on the website we do for them. Like we was like, right, we need to, it needs to look better next time. It needs to be, you know, more refreshed. I think that's one thing, you know, we, I say we are proud. I, I'm proud of the team of what they've done so far, but, you know, we need to, we need to kick on and just keep, keep going and going and going. Otherwise, I think, um, you know, if you never, if you're not learning and developing in this industry, you may as well get out because you become stale, you become boring and you, you do the same thing over and over. Like you're not going to, you're not going to grow as like you know as a person or as a company there's just no point doing it yeah you can't be resting on your laurels in this industry and that's something that uh that's made very clear as well so um just to end the agency talk there ryan i just wanted to know three things that you wish you knew about becoming a football agent before you started and if there's anything you could give out in terms of information to like people who like it's i don't know if you're in that kind of uh, mindset but like people that have just had their A-levels or their GCSEs and they're unsure about what they want to do kind of now at the moment it's kind of happened recently and people are kind of unsure about what they want to do first of all we'll do the three things that you wish you knew about football agency before coming in the industry and then you can just give any tips to like any young people who are interested in getting into football but they're unsure about like the agency route we'll go for yeah. that yeah um, so obviously Luckily, I'm not an agent, but I have agents who work for me. Mm -hmm. um, but from what I'd say from my experience on that is you've got to be thick-skinned. You know, you're going to have days where, like I said, people critique you or things aren't going right. You just need to, I think you need to sort of think, right, tomorrow we go again. You know, it's that sort of like thick skin you need. You need to be able to take criticism from you know, people within your team, people outside the team, clients, clubs. You know, whatever. It's just the nature of it. Um, secondly, you can't trust everyone, um, and that's the sad truth of it. You know, there's I I know Marco came on here. I think we we work quite closely with Marco. You know, he's, he, we've got the same like beliefs and fundamentals. So you know, I think you need to find people you feel like you can trust. And you know, we me and him said when we first met, it's like sort of when you meet him, it's. Would you go for a drink? As weird as it sounds, would you go for a drink with this person? Yeah. The answer is no. You're not going to do business with him because you're just not going to enjoy it, and you just wouldn't. They like say you wouldn't trust him with anything. Um, and thirdly, 
Um, it's got. I think you've got to keep going. You 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 can never let like a standard slip or let like say negative stuff get you down or you know bad experiences. You just gotta you gotta keep pushing because some if you you know if you, you don't get that opportunity, someone else is taking that, and then you know you look into like how long term that's potential you know revenue and earnings lost for you and the company and your clients. So you just gotta you just gotta keep pushing on really and really really strive um, and. You, I say it sort of comes into thick skin as well. You, you, you've got, to, I think, the combination of all three sort of works, and you've say so you've got to be, got to be aware, you know, with your eyes open, and just be able to keep pushing on. And you're going to have bad days. That's just life, but especially in this industry, you have days where everything just seems like it's coming down. It's like, oh no, <laughs> I. No, I'm, that's meant to happen. I'm glad that you and Marco get along because Marco's a nice guy and you're a nice guy. So it's just the fact that I've got two good agents. I've, I've had three agents in total. So all three agents that I've had on, I've been really nice people. So I'm quite happy with that. And obviously, like you said, you're not an agent, but you're the management, uh, you're the CEO, I'd say, of an agency as well, which is great um, going forward. So just to finish it off, um, how would you kind of, if, if you were looking back at your 17, 18-year-old self and you were unsure about getting into let's say you're into maths or history but you kind of had a passion for football how would you kind of talk back to your 18 year old self and say you know what things are going to be okay you can get into the football industry um if you had one tip for them or one tip for your old future self what would it be about getting into the football industry um i think the main one is building up and like a network within the industry um and you know you can do that through a variety of ways like i I did a talk with Northumbria Uni a few months ago and yeah. there was a similar thing. They asked, how did you get into it? And I think what I learned is, sadly, no one likes to do unpaid work, but an unpaid internship is probably the best way to get into an industry and get your name out there, especially sport. You know, I had hundreds of job applications rejected in sport because of that simple reason. They said, you haven't got enough experience in um, the industry. So I think... The main, yeah, the main thing is you've got to expand your network and I think internships are probably the best. You know, you stay in touch with, you build up relationships with, you know, tutors and people in your course. Um, I still speak to my Northumbria tutor now. I know there's a couple of guys who was on my course who've set up their own businesses and stuff this year. But we, you know, we speak now and then. So I think it's, you've just got to build that network really of people you can trust and, you need to get, you know, if it's unpaid experience, it's unpaid experience. The end in long term, it'll help um, with things going forward. I agree. Yeah, with that. I wish I knew, to be honest. Like, if I had an internship, some of the jobs I applied for, I would have got. Um, but I've learned. I learned now, but she's a bit older for it. Nah, that's good to know. Because I've, I've been one of those guys that when your family and your friends are like, why are you doing this for? You're wasting your weekends doing this. And you're just like, well, it's going to benefit me in the future. Throughout this last pandemic, the unpaid experience I've done um, at the football club that I work for as well has just made it a lot easier for me. It's helped me get into university and it got me accepted straight away, like an unconditional offer. So I'm like, this is crazy. The fact that um, all of these little things have just helped for this big thing that I'm really looking forward to in September so it's going to be nice it's going to be great and literally people listening try and get that unpaid experience trying to get yourself in into an industry whatever it is fashion music football rugby cricket whatever you're interested in 
go for it and no holding back at all i wouldn't hold back at all um ryan before i do let you leave i know I've, i said that was the last thing on the agency i do want to know what your kind of initial thoughts are on this Manchester United squad, seeing as I've just discovered you're a Man United fan. So we'll finish the podcast off here. So Ryan, how do you kind of see the signing of Varane, the signing of Sancho, the potential um, sale of Jesse Lingard going? And really, how do you think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will actually deal with this new set of uh, players coming in? By the way, this is recorded the week Varane agreed the transfer. So if there's any signings this week that is, po- is posted, we didn't know about it. We're not time travellers. But go ahead, Ryan. How, how do you think it's going to go? I'm, I'm actually excited for once going into a season. I mm. think, you know, especially the day, I think we're starting to act like a big club again. Yep. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not going to say Ollie's the man to deliver us trophies because I, I still don't know. Um, I do think we are one key sign in a way from, well, from in my eyes, if we don't challenge with it, like if we don't get, if we get a defensive midfielder of the ilk of Rice and Didi, uh, I know Kamavinga, Salonik Guez have all been touted. So it seems like we are in the market for a centre defensive mid. Yeah. Um, I I think we have to challenge. And that's the reality. We, if we get, you know, you look at the team he could field at the start of the season, I think that, that squad is compared to what he inherited. That is a lot better. And there's no excuse this season. It's uh, a good, it's a good term you use, you use squad as opposed to um, like first team or starting eleven or anything like that because it's it's the fact that in the Europa League final, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was so reluctant to make changes when we had like six available changes to make, and you made like two or three just for penalties, which is crazy. And it's just the fact that when you're looking at this team of um, players that we have, the squad of players that we are going to start the season with, it's going to be brilliant and it's going to be a lot less stressful going into games like against Everton or against West Brom. I know they're not in the league, but that kind of that kind of team that will sit back against us and we'll try and break them down one way or another by just using the left flank all the time with Rashford and Shaw and Pogba or Bruno drifting over there as well. We've got the right uh, winger in Jaden Sancho now. We've got Greenwood playing as a str- uh, striker as well. So initially things are looking good for us as well. There is a, the talks of Kieran Trippier coming in if Diogo Dallo goes on loan to AC Milan again. Um, it's just that holding midfielder. It's just I don't think we'd get Rice. Rice eighty million seems a bit too much for us to spend after what we've spent already. Wilfred and Didi would be a quality signer. I'd love him because he just free up everyone else in that attack. The two other midfielders, the three attackers. It would be nice to see someone like Wilfred and Didi. Um, the lad at Brighton as well. Um I like there is option. Neves, I think people sort of downplayed him, but he's a good holding midfielder. Um, is he better than what we have? Yes. I mean, Fred, to me, is poor. Mm. <laughs> he, he's not a Brazilian. He can't pass a ball. Like, he's terrible. Scott McTominay, I actually like. I think, but him having to hold a midfield, it's, it's a lot of pressure. Um, On his own as well. He's not that kind of player. He's more of a box-to-box. And box, we saw yeah, last season. His legs in there. We um, saw it last season. He's someone that likes pressing from the front. He's got a couple of goals in him as well. And it's it's not his style. Like even though Scotland played him as a centre back against England and he was a holding midfielder uh in the other games for Scotland, it's it's not his it's not his style for me, uh, to see Scott McTominay in, in that way as well. But um Saul Ninguez as well, that's a, that's an interesting one for me because I've only seen him in Champions League games. I I'm not gonna lie and say I watch La Liga games or anything like that. But it's just the fact of how can we kind of get Saul Ninguez 
to be that guy and hold a midfield when I've seen him kind of again not not like a Fred but like a McTominay going into midfield and going up every now and then as a box to box player as well. It's just do we change our uh, style of play to have that one holding midfielder in, or do you have someone that will give Pogba the license in the two, but like kind of hold him? Because Matic hasn't got the legs to do that anymore. But will Saudi against He'll be... go join Mourinho at Roma anyway. He, he joins him wherever he goes. Who, Matic? I think, yeah, I think what I was reading anyway, I think he's, he's now we've got Varane, it seems like we will change to a 4 3 3, which. Mm. We've been asking for for about a season and a half. But... It's what every fan has been playing on FIFA or PES if you play that. Or football yeah. manager as well. 4 3 3 because you can afford to do it's that. like we're but... playing football manager this summer though. Like, how it's on true. earth we got Iran for 36 million and Sancho for 73 million and he had a better season than the season before? I know exactly. Dortmund had got any money. So we've done well there. I think, you know, you've got to give credit to, I think, is it Fletcher and the new guy? Um, John Murtaugh. For... Yeah. Um, but I still think we need that centre defensive mid. Um, I think that's key. I think we get that then. Like I say there's really no excuse this season. We have to win a trophy and we have to challenge. Um, I said the same about Southgate. Like I think he's got the World Cup to prove me wrong as well. I think Oli's got this year if he gets his players. And then I think it's. I think it will be time to move him on. But still behind him. Definitely, and Oli got social. And he joined. Mm. He's starting that with like Herrera, um, Smalling, Lukaku. Yeah, the, all of these players on yeah. high wages. Darmian, Valencia, Young. Valencia, he was on about 150 grand a week. Even now, just looking at some of the players like Luke Shaw, he had a really high contract, uh, but he was out every now and then with injuries. Brandon Williams has got some high contracts already as well, which is crazy. He's got three left backs at the club with high wages and only one of them could start. So it's crazy how that setup under Ed Woodward was done. So hopefully Murta and Fletcher can actually kind of get this up and running and save this ship financially as well, which would be which would be great for us to see as well. But I don't really see like every summer there's always talk about Paul Pogba leaving or staying or going for another contract. If he leaves, he leaves, but it's just a fact I would like him to stay, even if it's just for one more season. He helps us win the league. He actually puts in the effort and the commitment and Raiola shuts up for a season. Because we saw that. We've seen that so many times with Paul Pogba. But it's just if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I'd, I'd love it for Paul Pogba to walk away with the Champions League or a Premier League and then he can go to PSG or Real Madrid wherever he wants to go. If Modric retires next season, he can be the heir to Luka Modric as well. But I don't really see It'd be happening. interesting with the Varane thing if he does sign a contract. Because mm. um, it was always taught last season Bruno would have signed a contract extension if Pogba stayed. Um, and now we've got Varane who's like his best mate. So Exactly. It's just, just like you say, you've got to dance with the devil. And I know we'll probably go for Haaland next summer and then it's Raiola all over again. But all over again. Imagine if we got the other Haaland. Frenchman, N'Golo Kante, Paul Pogba's midfield partner. That would be incredible. That's obviously the perfect partner in it. You That'd put him in midfield, right, lads, I'll sit back. You all run forward. Um, That's literally how I play in Pride Night Football. Not like N'Golo Kante, but just like sitting back and let everyone play. But it's all good. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. I think it's a season I'm excited for, for once. Um, I have to say, if we're going with centre-defensive mid, then we need to push them. We're not, we're, what, we're 12 points behind last year? Mm-hmm. Um, I think we dropped off like like a phase of a cliff at the end of last year. I don't think we won a game, did we, towards end? We we kind of dropped off when Paul Pogba got injured against Southampton. We won 9-0, obviously, because of the red card. But the games after that, 
uh, Everton, Sheffield United, West Brom. Um, there was the Chelsea game as well away. That was a poor game where we should have won an attack. So we did lose quite a lot of points in that kind of area. So that's why we didn't really have that proper change in formation or change in tactics as well, which wasn't the best. Um, but yeah, hopefully it's something that we see a lot more from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer because at the beginning of the transfer window, it was Harry Kane and Grealish going to Man City, which still could happen. But the fact that we've got our own reinforcements and we've improved our team properly, it's not just rumours, rumours, rumours. It's actually happened, which is great. Um, but yeah, I think we're good, Ryan. Ryan, thank you very much for coming onto the podcast. I may have... Well, 50 minutes is fine. Hopefully you didn't have anywhere to be or anything like that. So hopefully I haven't... Uh, I appreciate the invite and you know, look forward to maybe chatting again soon once we sort of all this transfer window and got our lads in clubs. It'll be... Uh, even if you want to invite any of them on, you know, feel free to message me and we can uh, let see if there's any lads you maybe want to speak to. Yeah, that'd be great. I think once the season's back on, we'll get the other guys who are back on for our podcast on. And we've always said we want to get like a proper footballer on, even if a semi-professional or professional. It'd be nice to speak to them about how they did mentally during the pandemic and how they've kind of done recently because of the summer and like no fans and grounds and all of that kind of stuff. So that's very generous of you, Ryan. Um, but Ryan, thank you very much for your time today. I'll let you close out the show. Everyone listening, thanks very much for listening. You'll have our YouTube with our um, check it out episodes coming out. We may or may not have GoPro Friday Night Football uploaded. If you didn't this week, it's fine. Um, but everything else that's going to be uploaded, it'll be uploaded a lot more because the season's coming back. We're coming back into football season. Please follow us on our social medias, on our YouTube and everywhere else. But Ryan, thank you very much for your time for your presence and for your company. I'll let you close out the show with any message that you want to. No, um, I appreciate the invite. Um, so I look forward to be chatting. If anyone wants to obviously keep up to date with ISM, our website is just intersportsmanagement.com. Um, we're on all social media, including TikTok. Um, if you just search Intersports Management, you'll find our UK, our USA branch, uh, Instagrams, all on the same Twitter, LinkedIn um, and TikTok, really. And, I appreciate appreciate the invite and yeah, hopefully we'll chat soon. It'll be nice to see you soon, Ryan. Hopefully we meet in person as well because there's no lockdown. So it'll be, it'll be nice to come up to York or you can yeah. come visit me in the Midlands. It'll, it'll be good. Come to one of our games if you fancy. See if you've got any any was... available talents to scout and get into football clubs. <laughs> we'll get you in our October event. That'll be, that'll be nice. That'll be good. Uh, <laughs> but no, everyone, thanks for listening. Take care and enjoy your week. Goodbye.